0: Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone, Podcastville or Internet land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, unattended baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Saging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing
1: excellent today. Very, very happy today.
0: I'll bet you are, you
1: mother... <laughs> <Husky bucket. laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a a great day for – well, actually, uh, in in the long run, it's probably not going to be that great. It's probably going to be really, really bad. But at least uh, from a selfish uh, perspective and my wanting to win a silver dollar from you – uh it's a it's a very good day for me he's gotta, so. he's gotta,
0: he 's got he 's got last another week man
1: <laughs> so
0: uh, but we 'll get into that
1: folks uh, yeah there's big news coming out of Russia today uh, that uh, we 're going to talk about, but uh, just a little background as to why i 'm so happy. Uh, Alex and I bet probably six or eight months ago it 's been a long time now it's been a while uh, and uh, we bet that I said that Vladimir Putin would either be dead or deposed by July first and it looks like I was getting really nervous but it looks like there's a high probability that that could happen within the next hours or days. In fact, it may have already happened. We just don't know yet because intel is so sketchy uh at this point. So, uh let's uh let's get right into that and bring you up to speed on what's going on. Oh, I thought you had a personal on. story. No, nah, we'll save it for later. All right. Um let so uh that what what has happened in the past uh I'm going to say about 36 hours is yesterday Morning or overnight Thursday, sometime our time. um, Russia attacked Wagner uh, because the head of Wagner, Prigozhin, uh, who I've been talking about, is the most likely one to lead the coup for several months now. uh, He actually came out and he has been extremely critical of the Russian government and the Ministry of Defense, and you know has been very aggressive towards him. But Russia was so dependent on on Wagner as a private. Uh, military contractor essentially a a mercenary army um, to hold the line in ukraine that you know he could get away with a lot of things but on i believe it was sometime late thursday our time he pushed the line too far and he actually said that putin's justification for the invasion of uh, ukraine uh, that uh, you know there were nazis there and that nato was going to invade Russia and all these things. He flat out said that Putin was lying and there was no justification for the invasion of Iraq, or Iraq, of Ukraine. Um, And shortly after that, um, apparently Russian military defenses, or the Russian army, attacked several Wagner bases behind the the lines in the Russian-occupied territory of Ukraine, uh, including at least one that there was video of, uh, where dozens of uh, Wagner troops were killed, okay? So you literally had a civil war start between uh, the Russian military and the Wagner uh, private military contractor mercenary group uh, led by Prigozhin. So uh, Prigozhin decided, all right, that's it, we're heading to Moscow. So he packed up all his troops, uh, an estimated 25,000 at this point, Uh, With tanks and anti-aircraft and, you know, armored fighting vehicles and support vehicles and logistics equipment and all kinds of different things. And uh, started heading towards a town, which is probably, I'm going to say, about 50, 70 miles uh, inside the Russian border with Ukraine, called Rostov-on-Don. And he told everyone he was coming and sent a message out to the border guards, said, don't stop us. You know, just let us roll through, um, and they did. And the Wagner convoy went to Rostov on Don. Now, Rostov on Don is a critical, and it's a major Russian city, but it's also a critical location because that is the headquarters of the Russian military. It's the command center for the entire invasion invasion of Ukraine. Okay? Yeah. So that's their the military operations center for. Uh, the entire operation in all of southern Russia. So it's a huge strategic, you know, that's where all the brass is that's running the war in Ukraine. So the convoy rolls through the border checkpoints. They don't stop them. And some of the guys actually say, hey, can we join? Because we haven't been paid in in a month. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Are are you paying? And he's like, yeah, I'm paying everybody a great, great salary. So he's picking up more troops along the way. So he gets into Rostov and basically the entire Russian army just kind of gets out of the way. They take Rostov with only a few shots being fired. A couple of helicopters did attack them, but they shot two of the helicopters out of three down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But literally, they took it with very, very little force whatsoever. So they get there and at the the military uh, uh, headquarters, and the generals there just come out and meet with them and start talking to them and do absolutely nothing. So... At this point, it looks like the entire uh, command structure of the entire Ukrainian invasion has either joined Prigozhin or is just going to sit by and do nothing and let them, you know, roll onto Moscow. Now uh, Wagner right now is in complete control of Rostov on Don and several other cities in the area, and now their convoy has split out. One has gone south. <laughs> one has gone east. Okay, both to other major uh, centers, uh, you know, uh, of Russia, uh, to other major cities. And the other one has gone north and uh, they've towards Moscow on the M4 highway. And they're meeting with very little resistance. And along the way, they keep picking up more and more troops. So this basically, it looks like that Russia has lost complete control over their entire southern army and it's now in the hands of Prigozhin. okay oh man right or at least they're sitting it out now at this point in moscow moscow is pretty much under martial law there's tanks in the streets uh they've wired all the bridges with explosives um they've blocked all traffic coming in and out however uh there's information and it's spotty and unconfirmed at this point that several russian units in moscow have uh, rebelled uh, specifically one that was stationed at the air force base in moscow just outside of moscow uh, they refused to follow orders and then that base sometime later was seen uh, in a massive fire so it's the the base is essentially burning to the ground right now jesus christ uh, and that's inside of moscow um so it's uh you know it, it basically The Ukrainians at this point are sitting back and and doing nothing. But chances are, um, you know, now that the 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 Russian troops inside of Ukraine right now are in such disarray that the war is over. Okay, the moment that um, you know Ukraine decides to push with everything they've got. Right now, the counteroffensive, they've only used about 20% of their forces on the front line. Yeah. They've kept 80 in reserve, and essentially what they were doing is they are probing, probing, Uh, you know, looking for soft spots, and they're taking territory, but it's little by little, and, yeah. you know, essentially they're probing in force. Um, now chances are they're going to commit their full force to the counteroffensive a lo- across the entire line, and it's just going to break down, because there's there's information coming out now that russian forces are just abandoning the front line left and right you know uh so everything essentially is collapsing um and at this point Prigozhin is only about uh 200 miles outside of moscow and he's just you know since there's no resistance uh he's just rolling down the highway and these this giant convoy of you know armored vehicles and tanks and you know all kinds of stuff, you know. They've got the tanks on flatbeds <laughs> so they don't tear up the roads. That's how organized these guys are, you know. And Wagner were uh, essentially the most effective fighting unit in Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. Where the Ukrainians were going up against regular, you know, Russian military conscripts, uh they were Ukrainians were kicking the shit out of them. Where they were going up against uh Wagner specifically in Bakhmut, um, you know, that, that city's been disputed now for eight months. So the Wagner troops are battle-hardened, and they're, they're much better than the regular Russian troops. Yeah. So, and especially considering the fact that Russia has committed all their troops to Ukraine, they've got very little left to defend Moscow. Yeah. You know. Now, they did hold in reserve some of their really good equipment. So what we're seeing rolled out on the Moscow streets is some of their top-of-the-line stuff. Yeah, like I think
0: their best stuff is there to protect Moscow.
1: Yeah, but the the problem is is the um, I believe it's uh, the the RosGuard is um, not necessarily as loyal to Putin as he believed they were because, like I said, we've already seen some defections. Um, you know, so it, that's the situation right now. At this point, Russia is absolutely full on in a civil war. Okay. Now, you've also got the guerrilla fighters who have been fighting in a separate part of southern Russia, now in the the Belgorod region, uh, for uh, a couple of months now, about six weeks or so. And they say, well, look, we're fighting Russia, we want to go after Putin, but we're not joining Prigozhin because he's just as bad, and he is. okay. So this is not necessarily good news for... Russia in general. It's not good news for international relations. Uh, the U.S. government is very, very much on edge. I wouldn't be surprised if we're at, we're not at DEFCON 3 right now. Okay? Because when you have a coup in a nuclear superpower, anything could happen. Okay? And we don't know, honestly, we don't know right now at this moment who is in control of uh, Russia's uh, nuclear arsenal. Because... There are indications that Putin may have fled Moscow at this point. And given that he is so terrified of being assassinated or overthrown, that's highly likely. Now, a uh, IL-76, I believe it is, um, which is uh, comparable to like a 747 picture, um, has one of the presidential aircraft, uh, the, the Air Force One of Russia, for example, was tracked leaving Moscow. However, when it got to altitude, it shut off its transponders, so it could no longer be tracked. Okay, at least not by any open-source intelligence capabilities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but it, it at the time it was it was heading northwest, either towards probably Saint Petersburg, or I think it would be more likely that he would go to Kaliningrad. Okay, which is still part of Russia. That's that little enclave on the Baltic Sea. Yeah, which is like a a, 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 a it, it is. Considered legally part of Russia, it is part of the Russian territory, but it's separate from mainland Russia. So he's probably going there and trying to reestablish a seat of power because he knows that Wagner can't get to there without having to cross, you know, either Lithuania or Poland or you know something like that. He can't. You,
0: you can't get there. You can't unless you, get there
1: directly from Russia yeah. without going across a NATO country. So he knows Wagner can't get there. And that's probably where he's going. So he's probably going to Kaliningrad and he's going to maintain that he is still in power. But if, uh, if Prigozhin gets to Moscow and is sitting in the Kremlin, he's in power. Okay. Yeah, and, but
0: hold on. Uh, no. You don't win your bet. No, you don't no. win your bet that way, though. No, no. There's, no. There's no way. No, come on. You don't win your bet that way. Hang on. If
1: I said deposed or and if, dead, and if he I said deposed also though, and if he is not in the seat of power, no no, come, on. No, come no, on now, no, you can't have an entire army and the leader of that army take Moscow, hold Moscow, and be in the Kremlin He's still in Russia, he's
0: still in Russia <laughs> he's still in charge, <laughs> he's still in Russia, you know, I knew
1: I knew I should have had a disclaimer on that we're gonna we'll we'll talk about that, but that's only a possibility at this point but um yeah and uh basically the the white house says they're monitoring the close uh, the situation closely but i can guarantee you that there are war rooms uh in the white house and the pentagon right now that are just you know all right hold on so but, up but let's, let's let's
0: let's let's um with all that being said right one of the things you said in this conversation was, "Pogosian's just as bad as Putin is."
1: Yes, absolutely,
0: possibly worse. Hold on, hold on, though. But hang on a second, though. In what is there any way in which Pogosian might be better? In and let me explain what I mean by this. Pogosian didn't want to attack Ukraine, right? It doesn't sound like Pogosian wants to go and do aggressive wars in other places. Well, here's the
1: thing: what he's doing along the way, because look, his his primary objective now is to garner support, right? Yeah. Okay. So when he was talking to the generals uh, in Rostov on Don, uh, he was telling them that, all right, here's the plan. Once I take Moscow, we're going to go in there and we're going to kick the shit out of Ukraine. We're going to do this war the way it should have been done. So he's not necessarily like, you know, the war was a mistake. Um, What he said is that the war was fought under false pretenses but he's also telling the generals who have been getting their ass kicked now for a year that we're going to go in there and we're going to fix it. We're gonna we're going to avenge you. We're going to restore Russian pride. You know. So he's he's talking. So that you don't way think? Too. So
0: okay. So you don't think that he's going to stop the war in Ukraine? Then?
1: Oh, <laughs> look, he's telling them that. But this war is over. Ukraine won yesterday. Ukraine won the war yesterday. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Because there's no way that with the counteroffensive ready to go and the Russian, the actual Russian military in such disarray, there's no way that he can put those pieces back together in time to defend against the counteroffensive. And Ukraine's going to be able to easily, once they make the decision, once they decide to pull the trigger, and if this coup, or this civil war keeps going the way it's going, um, there's no way that. Um, Ukraine can't, doesn't win this. You see what I'm saying? Because uh, again, the
0: Ukraine's organized enough. They have their and they're, yeah. they're and they're doing their own territory. It's not like they're invading Russia. And that the Russians can't hold what they currently have in Ukraine. That yeah. they're going to be able to push the Russians all the way out of Ukraine. You have to understand. And Prigozhin's not going to stop that.
1: That even on the front defensive lines where Ukraine is taking territory, a lot of times when they get there. They're finding that, um, you know, the soldiers there are incapable of fighting because they're they've they haven't had water in days, they haven't had food, cholera is running rampant. So you've literally got Russian troops dying of dehydration and dysentery. Okay, Jesus. they are they haven't been paid in a month. They are in complete disarray. These guys are not a cohesive fighting unit at this point um all along the front line all artillery is stopped okay so they're not even using artillery at this point now ukraine i don't quite understand why they haven't seized the opportunity and just rolled in already but they're probably sitting back seeing well let's see if the russians just pull out because there's a possibility they might just pull out and if, if that's the case, they can roll in without, you know, without any bloodshed. Yeah, and they don't, they don't, they don't lose any fight. troops. Yeah.
0: Because they, they have, look, they have limited resources, too. Yeah, but it's at
1: this point, they have, uh, well, they have probably the same resources, but they have much, much better control and command much much better supply lines much much better ability to fight a war russia doesn't have yeah, really if you, the ability
0: but if your enemy is screwing up this bad then why would you get right. in the middle of them screwing up yeah exactly like, why give them a reason to coalesce around something that's probably the decision that
1: they're making is let's see if they just you know give up and they could just very well surrender in mass and say hey can you give us some food and water yeah you know <laughs> and a toilet <laughs> so um So that's that's what's going on there. Um, But yeah, it's uh, Putin may actually have fled Moscow. And we will talk about (laughs) we'll, we'll talk about off air what happens if he's stuck in Kaliningrad, because if all Putin isn't controlled in is this tiny little enclave on the Baltic Sea and all of the rest of Russia is controlled by someone else. I win the bet. I'm sorry. I win the bet come on man that's like saying napoleon if
0: he's not deposed man that, he's not
1: deposed if he's no longer can even access the seat of power he's deposed okay if the I president will we'll have
0: to see we'll have to see what happens hang next, on a second because we're dealing with a lot of unconfirmed reports right now so there's no hang confirmation
1: on hang on a second let's say that the january 6th rioters were successful okay and joe biden had to escape to hawaii Okay, now he's in Hawaii, but yet they put Donald Trump in the White House and Donald Trump is sitting in the White House and giving orders to the military while Joe Biden says, well, I'm still the president of the United States, but I'm here in Hawaii. I have Hawaii. Would you consider him deposed or not? (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's a false comparison no it's, and it's, I refi- it's a perfectly accurate comparison to, uh, that is literally no that's not that's, that's not, literally no, exactly no, what we're no, talking about no, here not, 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 not at all. <laughs>
1: you're just reaching now all right so let's talk about what's going to happen now in russia okay what are we going to see over the next days weeks and months okay now if Prigozhin is successful and wagner uh takes
0: moscow which I do point. find it ironic that a dictatorship got taken over by a private military. That they <laughs> Right, that, by the way, what kind of president? Like, how many yeah. different? Like, how badly did these things go wrong? Well, that you guys, you know, like your group of mercenaries that you left for private is now the one in charge. What well, I think it's funny.
1: You got to understand that that part of the world, Russia specifically, is it, they have a 19th century mindset. Still, they still have a czarist mindset, and es- essentially, they expect. Someone new to come along and seize power, someone to build a, a separate army and come along and, you know, conquest. You know, that's really, that you know, they're still in Peter the Great mindset. Yeah, know?
0: in some ways, but oh, in it's, many it's, ways. it's just, t- it's not the same as here, that's for sure. And, you know, I'm watching video, uh
1: specifically coming out of the cities where um, uh, Wagner is already taken, like Rostov and Don. And, I'm watching it's it's funny because again, there was there was no shooting, but you know, when Wagner came in there, they're like rolling in, dismounting quick, taking up defensive positions. and on the streets are just regular civilians, you know, out there filming, doing their daily routine, and they're all smiling. They're all loving this, yeah, they're happy. well, yeah, I mean, look. I'm sure they probably know that, you know, uh, you know. here comes the new boss, same as the old boss.
0: Yeah. But it's like... Because they're a bunch of Who fans.
1: Yeah, right. Probably. Um, but, it, you know, it's just, the, especially a, a, a among the young people I saw there, it is, they're like, this is great, you know? So it, it's interesting, the mindset there. Yeah, you know, they probably don't want to join anybody, but they're like, okay, good, Putin's out you know and that's the mindset there but uh, so what's going to happen next well i don't even know if prigozhin is going to be able to hold on to power for very long and he may not even get it because what could happen in the next hours or days is prigozhin's heading for moscow now what if some general already in moscow says to his troops all right we're going to do this we're going to take moscow I'm going to take control of the military before Prigozhin gets there. That's just as likely. Okay? Also, uh, you know, uh, you have a lot of other oligarchs that have their own private armies that haven't necessarily been fighting in Ukraine, but they have pretty good-sized armies.
0: They've been keeping their powder dry.
1: Yeah. Gazprom, for example, uh, the, the gas corporation in Russia, huge, you know, multi-multi-billion dollar company. Um, Well, it was until the sanctions, now less, but still. Very powerful, very rich. They have their own army, essentially. So what if Gazprom decides, yeah, we're going to take over Moscow? And so that's what's going on right now. We don't know for sure. It's most likely going to be Prigozhin because he has the momentum on his side. Well, yeah, and he's got the military already in action. Exactly, exactly. So chances are he's going to take it, but he may not hold it. And traditionally in Russia, and you know what can happen here is, once this begins, it's a power struggle because it's it's musical chairs and, and everybody wants the job. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's some other things that's going to happen too, almost immediately. Uh, you know, uh, the, the areas of occupied Georgia they're going to be overthrown. Okay. Um, like I said, we talked about Ukraine; they're going to get all their territory back. It's going to happen relatively quickly. They'll even get Crimea, probably. Chechnya will secede. They will do it almost immediately. That will happen very quickly. And then you get the other uh, territories that are ethnically different from Moscow and St. Petersburg. Um, They're going to start breaking apart. um, Because the difference is here is this is being reported on the news now in Russia. So the news agencies have essentially they're not taking orders from Putin anymore.
0: Yeah, they're so, not hiding it.
1: Yes. So this is getting shown on the news. So the people of Russia know what's going on here. And that's a big difference. So when you have this information getting out across Russia, it, again, it's it, it, the Russian people are very different, and they're very used to this type of thing happening. So they're going to smell the blood in the water, and every little oblast that has wanted independence is going to seize on this um, when, the, when the military is weak and you know no one's controlling them. So Russia is going to break up, like I've been talking about for some time now, into a bunch of different enclaves. It's just going to be interesting how that plays out. It's also going to be interesting what China does, because China could very well take the opportunity to potentially even go in there and say, hey, we're going to help keep the peace and then just take a bunch of territory or at the minimum turn some of those territories into chinese vassal states yeah okay uh especially in the uh the eastern part of the country the extreme east the stuff that's closest to china yeah closest to the pacific right so again this is this is going to be a very very dangerous and interesting week now let's talk about the the implications for the u.s first and foremost what about the nukes? Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that this will not turn into a nuclear war uh, because at this point... None of these people want to get the U.S. involved. No. No. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants NATO coming into the situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they absolutely know that, A, if somebody lobs a nuke, not only is NATO in it, but you know they're a radioactive wasteland. Yeah, no matter what they like do they, to the they, other side,
0: NATO fucks everybody up. Yeah, so so everybody because as powerful as all these different groups are, none of them are as powerful as NATO.
1: Oh no, God, not even not even remote. All of them put together are not a quarter as powerful as NATO. Yeah, so um, yeah, so it would be just an overwhelming defeat for them. So they're going to do everything in their power to prevent NATO from getting into this, and NATO doesn't want to get into
0: this. Yeah. You know, I, I Again, mean, why? Why mess around with yeah, your enemy? It,
1: it's like it, it, the United States does not want to go in there and you know have to do peacekeeping missions and things like that. Yeah, there, there's no need for that. So those scenarios are most likely off the table. China, though, I don't know. I could see China really trying to seize this opportunity. Yeah, you know? and so if that happens, that could be a wild card where. we might have to defend russia from china so but that's kind of a more of an extreme possibility i don't think china would be quite that aggressive they they're probably just going to try to get into packs behind the scenes with the various different new enclaves to make them like i said closely tied to china but not chinese territory not direct yeah more yeah. indirect than anything else. Right, right. Like that Hopefully that's the case. But you never know. You never know for sure. Yeah, uh, it, no matter what, it's a little crazy. Because China does want the resources. But, um, you know, so that's that's what we're looking at, folks. It is a very, very dynamic situation.
0: Um, I, what, and I still have not lost my bet, by the way. I still have not lost my bet. You haven't yet. But last week I Got said. Got another week,
1: baby. Got yeah. another week. Last week I said the odds were 80 for you. 20 for me they've flipped 180 degrees now it's 80 for me 20 for you but you've you've only got seven days i got time you got seven days so uh, but i think it's in seven days the dust will have settled and at best putin is the president of kaliningrad and i'm not even sure about which is that. russia <laughs> which is a which is hawaii okay <laughs> it's fucking hawaii <laughs> it does not count as a whole country and if that's the case i win so anyway uh, so you say so there was a uh, something about some sub or
0: something oh yeah let's talk about know? the sub mm-hmm. all right so all right. in other news this week
1: okay hey, oh, hang, hang on a second This was the only news this week. There was a lot of it.
0: Oh, my God. Everyone was talking about it. All right. So there is this company. I'm trying to figure out the name of it. I forgot the name already. Ocean Gate. So Ocean Gate was a company that would do these tours of the Titanic. Right. So they would take people all the way down to the Titanic and back up, basically.
1: You really don't have to explain at this point because everybody knows the full story. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So... (laughs) They had this one where there was like 5 people that went down there and one of the guys that went down there was the CEO of the company and his and his you know and his Xbox controller that he was using to control this thing. Right. And it lost contact and we spent a whole week looking for it. Finally they found what they're considering the wreckage and they think now that this thing just totally imploded and it was everybody died instantly. Thank God, by the way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. for the For those people. Like, if it was going to be something, if, 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 you know, at least it was instantaneous. That is. And I'm not saying it to be a dick. I'm saying no, it no, actually no. for, you know, to be nice about it. And, and that that type of death is
1: almost instantaneous. Now, it's all those people close.
0: signed up for it. They, they signed the waivers that, you know, you could die from doing this. They paid a quarter million dollars a piece to go down there. Right. And which
1: again the, the one guy was worth 1.5 billion so literally a quarter million dollars is the equivalent of you or me buying a large pizza. Yeah. Oh so, no, just it, keep yeah, in it, mind yeah, that. Yeah, it didn't yeah. yeah,
0: it didn't matter. But the thing a, a couple things from this that I wanted to bring up because you know when I start putting when I started putting stuff up here it started off as a race against the clock right. you know that they lost contact so there was this big huge effort to try to find this sub even though later on it comes to find out that the that the United States, the Navy, I guess using some secret technology, knew that they died almost instantaneously mm-hmm. after they lost contact. Again, reports are sketchy on some of this stuff, but there are reports out there that the U.S. military knew these guys had died uh, instantaneously. right? Or as soon as they lost contact, I guess there were sonar things where they could yeah. basically hear the implosion or whatever. Yeah. And that th- they died. Well, there were.
1: S- go ahead. Well, I-, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I- I've been hearing. Um, well, first of all, yeah, the-, the the Navy has sonar listening devices all over the Atlantic, all over the Pacific. Basically, pretty much every square inch of the ocean. You know, we know where the- where subs are, and we can hear everything. Um, but I-, I don't think that I think everyone is giving the Navy uh, too much of a hard time for this, because essentially. What the Navy heard was an implosion, okay, uh, in the general area where the sub should have been. But they couldn't necessarily come out and say, hey, look, they're all dead, sub's gone. Because if they got it wrong and it was the Navy that said, stop looking, I mean, they would never live that down. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. No, so, no, no, that's a good point. That's so a even, good point. Even though
1: they had very strong evidence that the sub had imploded and, it, you know, everyone was dead. They didn't want to stop searching, at least within that 96-hour window where they still had air. Yeah. You know? And after that pass, that's when they said, well, you know, we did hear an implosion,
0: and it was probably the sub. But, yeah. So I understand why they took that approach. No, no, no. I guess – no, no. And that's a good point, by the way. So I don't want to dismiss your point on that one. I do. Uh, overall – The reason I brought this one up and I put so many articles in here about this one, not wasn't even because I wanted to spend a lot of time on this issue, but it was to show you or to talk about the overall ugliness of everyone's reaction to this and how a lot of different people used their own preconceived notions for confirmation bias Mm -hmm. in this thing. And it happened all over the map first off the people that were making jokes about these people being dead You have no fucking soul man like you've no soul like you're still five humans that again they did something that was dangerous there was a chance that they could die but it doesn't mean you make fun of them before you even find out what happened like it ain't even before the body's cold right like you literally are just you're making fun of them as you're going down there and look because they're rich you hate them really that like that that kind of ugliness was not necessary yeah first off now the second thing is the second area of ugliness is where you had the guy that was the ceo for this thing talk about how you know regulation stops innovation and how this here is evidence that we need regulation look first off this guy was stupid for saying what he was saying first off right second off maybe you should have made the thing a little safer that might have been a good idea yeah like now he was he didn't put other people at risk though this guy did put his money where his mouth was and thought he had made it safe enough to go down there with right even though i think you're probably kind of dumb for doing it because like obviously you didn't make it that fucking safe and if you were picking stuff up from like the home depot and shit like that and using it in that area, I think you got to make things a little bit better in order to make sure that it works well.
1: Well, everyone saw the controller, right? The, yeah. The, you know, the game controller. So, literally... That's not even... A, I don't even think that's a bad thing either, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. Without a... a on, on something... Such a mission-critical piece to not have a some type of manual backup, some type oh, of... Oh, that's true. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm building a sub like that, I want triple redundancy, okay but that's not that's not the thing that actually got me what got me was this photo right here okay so this is a, a, uh, a carbon fiber this is actually the hull here okay yeah. it was supposed to be eight inches thick okay it was only five inches thick which is probably too thin okay look what they did here they screwed them in they screwed a monitor mount to the friggin carbon fiber hull the interior of the hull oh my god i mean how stupid do you have to be to do that yeah like that's the hull man you're putting holes in the hull that depends on equally distributing pressure you've literally just created a weak point it wouldn't surprise me if that's the point that initially blew out it could be
0: Now this thing's gone down there before, so it wasn't like this thing was the maiden voyage.
1: Yeah, but each time it's doing damage. You're doing stress, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's basically these people had no real grasp of the engineering behind what they were doing. Yeah, because any real material scientist, engineer, or anything is a going to build redundancy into the system. And, B, not going to drill holes in the fucking hull of the pressure vessel. Yeah. You know? So, honestly, this guy, again, as an anarchist, (laughs) I am one for eliminating all regulations and letting people do things like this. But when that happens, you do have survival of the fittest, you know? And the, these folks were just really bad at engineering, really bad at material science, and they paid the ultimate price for it. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah, they did. So no, and it was it. That's the thing. Look, I feel bad for these people, but at the same time, like you're gonna look if you're gonna go down to that far deep into the freaking ocean, right? Like you're there's risk. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you better be sure that the people that you that's doing it for you. Well, and this is another thing. It's where, far more dangerous than outer space. Well, it, yeah, it is far more dangerous in outer space. Yeah, but the other thing is this: look, this guy was charging two fifty at two hundred fifty thousand dollars a head. Right. So I think that the people that were buying this thing thought that well, for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, he definitely should have enough, like enough um, uh, safety mechanisms in place to make it worth it. It's their own natural selection too, because yeah,
1: the minute they looked inside that sub. And said, "Well, here, here's the remote control that runs on two fucking AA batteries that we use to control the ship." Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm out. I, uh, give me my refund back. Yeah, <laughs> I want my deposit back because fuck you and that fucking game controller, mm-hmm, and exactly. fuck you and the monitor screwed into the pressure vessel hull. You know, it's 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 stupidity and it's stupidity across the board. So, I hate to say that. I don't want to say they deserved what they got, but I'm just saying the fact that they none of them like really took any type of clear look at what they were doing. Well, I don't think they knew. I don't know how you don't know. I mean, seriously. No, no, I, I get you there, but I—I I, I mean, how do you not ask the question? Okay, what happens if the game controller the button gets stuck? You know, I've been playing Call of Duty and had a get button get stuck. What happens if it happens, you know, a mile beneath the surface of the ocean where the pressure can crush you instantly? Yeah. What happens then? You know, that's I'm asking that question if I'm getting in that sub. You know? That's true. What's
0: your backup plan for this? You know? Well, and out of all the five guys that they had going down there, like these are people that are not – some of these people are not like, you know – the like Paul Henry Nargoletta or whatever. A, a French diver and Titanic researcher. You're a diver, so you know some of this stuff. So why so that guy should have been more in the know. Right. The the Hamish Harding, a British businessman pilot and space tourist. Again, as a pilot, you should know a little bit better. Right. Now, the British Pakistani businessman and his university-aged son. I guess those guys could have a pass for not knowing, I guess as much. And then you got Stockton Rush, the CEO of OceanGate itself again but still i, I mean it, it, there's certain things that would just be for me
1: and again i'm i know very little about submersibles you know what i'm saying well you but,
0: know you know so little that you would never get in one probably
1: uh i don't know i might get in one if it you know it was for real but i'm gonna look at the inside of this thing and say there's no fucking way yeah you know it, it just it, there there were too many red flags but Here's the reason, and
0: there were warnings for years. There were other safety people that were warning about this thing for oh, years. Oh yeah, nobody would certify that, it. Yeah, yeah, saying that this thing was going to be
1: right. Yeah, I mean it's just it was incredibly poorly engineered, incredibly like poorly if you'd have done designed. a Google
0: search, if this, if the guys here would have done a simple Google search, then they would have the questions would have popped up for this.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, but here's why we're talking about it. The reason that we're talking about it is because it was essentially a bunch of billionaires. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's interesting that there is two dynamics going on, and one is the eat the rich, like you were talking about it.
0: Yeah, which is ugly.
1: It's ugly, but it's true. I mean, you've got an entire class of people who are like, you know, fuck rich people. We want to take everything that they have and distribute it to everyone else. Nobody should have that kind. And I get, I get that, uh, especially the way some of them have uh, acquired that you know, yeah, uh, through coercion, through, you know, the, the corporate uh, government, you know, use yeah, of force. I don't hate somebody just because they made a bunch of money. Though. I don't necessarily hate someone because they ha- made a bunch of money. But also, there's a lot of reason to hate a lot of billionaires. OK, fair enough. All right. Um, so there's the eat the rich component. But then there's also the Kardashian component that even though so many people hate these billionaires, they also can't stop watching them. You know, they it's so it's it's like this story, and this is why it was wall to wall coverage essentially for an entire week. Everybody was talking about. It. You know, uh, Thursday I think uh, I'm uh, having lunch at a pizza joint, and there's a table next to me of a bunch of people. One of them was a, a post uh, postal carrier, a mailman, mail person uh, in uh, you know uniform, and some other people sitting around a table on their lunch break. Clearly. <laughs> it was just very stupid conversation but that's what they were talking about and they were saying well why didn't they just bring gps down there then we could have found them right away (laughs) you know (laughs) which i found amusing how little you know how how so few people actually understand physics at all you know or why that wouldn't work because you know the gps frequency is running about you know one to two gigahertz i believe it is and it can probably penetrate maybe a foot <laughs> below the the surface of the ocean.
0: yeah, other than that it wouldn't even have seen them. yeah, like, no, it wouldn't even have Yeah. The,
1: the minute they went underwater, the GPS no longer works essentially. okay, okay um but still Holland, the, is there anything they could have done in order to track build it? a better fucking ship?
0: okay, that has nothing to do with tracking though.
1: Well, they could when it used, comes
0: to tracking, is there anything
1: else they could have done? they could have used a communication tether. I mean, just essentially a really, really long cable. Okay, so they
0: could have done something. They oh, could yeah, have but yeah. at that point, it would have just been a long cable.
1: Yeah, it's it's virtually impossible to have any uh, radio communications. It, it's very, very difficult at that depth uh, okay. because you know unless you're using ULF, uh, ultra low frequency. Um, it, it, it basically, the radio waves really don't travel through water, water like that. That's the reason it's so dark is because even light waves don't travel, you know, that far through. through. So, um, you know, it's exceptionally difficult to communicate with a submersible unless you have a tether, okay? But, you know, really, that's the thing. And the fact that this was wall-to-wall coverage really pisses me off because something else happened last week, and that was a migrant vessel coming from North Africa, heading for Greece for people who were trying to immigrate to – Uh, to Europe actually capsized, and hundreds of people died. A hundred kids died, okay? And that barely made any news because it was a bunch of poor people. So here we have the deaths of hundreds of people in a marine accident, okay? At the same time, this sub goes missing, and we got virtually no news of this, uh, you know, this uh, a migrant vessel that hundred, you know, so far, like almost a hundred bodies have washed up on Greek beaches Ugh. from this. Okay, and it, 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 a lot of these were kids, children. So this happened all at the same time, and there was almost no coverage of that. I mean, did you even know about that story? Yeah. Okay, so you did hear about that story. It got a well, little. Well, the only
0: reason I heard about it though is was in the context that they weren't reporting about it though. Oh, really? Okay, there you go. Yeah. So you have. That. I, I watch the. I do the Hill. So, yeah. like yeah. the Hill will report on stuff like that though.
1: So you've got that dichotomy. You know, all the networks are running bell to bell with this because it's billion. Well, and all the resources went to this too, and none of the resources yes. went to that. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah, it's. A, well, you have to understand this happened off of the U.S. and Canadian coast. So it was kind of in our backyard, whereas the other thing happened in the Mediterranean. So, you know. Yeah, it,
0: we don't really cover that. That's not really our, it's not our fault. It, it's, it's, I mean, we could pro- You we, don't want American Coast Guard fucking over there. Right.
1: But we probably could have sent a couple of Navy vessels to help somehow, but for the most part.
0: But that would have been too Greek, late for all those people anyway,
1: though. It was the Greek Coast Guard that needed to deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's just, it, it's just funny that we hate billionaires for the most part. But we can't stop watching them, and we're captivated by everything they
0: do. And that's
1: just a, we'd let it, we'd let them grab just, us by the pussy. <laughs> that's just a human dynamic, but it's just interesting.
0: Well, yeah, I know, but and, but but that's also why the hatred that you have people like that are so they're so open on. And I just saw, I saw most of it online, right? But that the hatred that you would see online for these people was also just really ugly. Yeah, like there was so much ugly about this
1: so many people thought they deserved it good that they're dead because they don't deserve to be rich yeah, yeah like yeah.
0: i just I
1: uh, and in some cases they may not be wrong but it is it is very ugly thing.
0: you can be not wrong and wrong at the same time yeah yeah you know like you can be wrong and not wrong at the same time but right. like, you can have a little goddamn compassion please yeah like yeah. let's 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 not make fun of these people i think i think that's the well the one dude the step, point. stepson
1: didn't have a whole lot of compassion he was out partying the whole time and tweeting about it.
0: Yeah, right. There's so much. Uh, there, there's so <laughs> because
1: I'm sure that uh, the reason he's a, a stepson is because uh, his gold digger mom was going after the billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's. I, I mean, exact. That's the kind there's of so much ugly going. There's on There's so right many now. dynamics when it comes to people of extreme wealth. You know. And people love them. People hate them. Yeah, it's it's just you know. But
0: you won't stop watching them, though. That's yeah. for sure. It, it goes to show you, like it, it's with it's like you said with the Kardashians, like yeah, you know, right. Like these are some of the look. They're hot. Don't get me wrong. Right. But they are some of the ugliest people. Right. Like yeah. at the same time, like on the outside, they're definitely hot. But on the inside, these people are not like they ugly
1: people. Money and power is what everybody wants to be a part of that's what everybody wants to be a part of yeah and you know the there's the, so the many difference between of loving it and hating it is really not that
0: far apart so that's why it garners all the news well it goes into and again i fuck, you see you you force me to have to bring it up you right now you, you don't have to literally force don't me. have to you do not have Wait, to. then i'm not gonna how about that this is a take that you don't have to make Okay. I'm not making it
1: then. Okay. Good for there you. you go. I'm proud of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm, decline to I'm, make. I'm proud of you. Yeah. You can just see it in your, a lot of different your, aspects. Your derangement syndrome is improving. It's not my derangement syndrome.
0: It totally is. But at any rate. All right. So, okay. How much time we got left?
1: Uh, we've got a good 12
0: minutes. So okay. Go. So we got enough time. Yeah. All right. So, the other, uh, the other story I wanted to bring up this week was that, and I put it as a title, Republicans will show the Dems how to impeach. You remember during the last election cycle. Or during, after Trump got elected, that the Dems in Washington, D.C. were all over Russia collusion and were trying to impeach Trump and right. everybody else and mm-hmm. put everybody in jail on the Republican side that was involved with Trump and to basically waste their time on going after Trump for some shit that they knew at the time was trumped up charges, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I it, it, There
0: was... There was a little smoke there, but uh, not a lot of fire. Exactly. Yeah. Well, just like both sides, just see what the other side's doing and double down upon it. Because in all reality, this started before where during 2016, there were rallies where they would say, lock her up when it came to things that Clinton did.
1: Right. Hillary. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Hillary Clinton. And you know, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. Right. Which they never did. But now that the Republicans are back in charge, they are trying to impeach Everyone, yeah, right. All at once, all at the same time. As a matter of fact, and this is where they go overboard. They will fight with each other as to who is gets to impeach who, right? And all of them on both sides are all now using it to fundraise, right? To take money from their base in order to run for office again, mm-hmm. and they're wasting all of your fucking time on this
1: great you know this is all this is all the government should do from now on is put other members of
0: government in jail that is like my utopia <laughs> i guess we're getting there i love this so bobert puts one to impeach biden right now marjorie taylor green was also going to do this bobert beat her to the bunch so on this on the floor of the house Green calls Bobert a little bitch. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exact. No, no. Exact words. <laughs> they're in the show notes. <laughs> That's awesome. And they did finally agree to censuring Adam shift, which is going to help his campaign in running for the U S Senate in California right. against Katie Porter. <laughs> like, like, and when they, and they're trying to impeach Biden over immigration policy
1: over immigration policy.
0: That's the thing. These impeachment things are. Some of Wait, this stuff is over immigration.
1: You, you, hang on a second. You got a, a bribery case with a key witness that recorded giving the Bidens money for you know them throwing. Well, up. that okay. They're still
0: working on that one. Yeah, I was going to say it would be early that for that, but they're still working on that one. It, it, now, and here's where I'm. The case is where I'm both, on both sides of this. You're wasting everybody's time, and you're not wrong at the same time. Right. (laughs) Like, okay, Biden, absolutely corrupt. Right. You know, uh, Hunter got a fucking super sweetheart deal in order to get off of all of the charges that he had, which, here's the thing.
1: Uh, I don't know if it was that sweetheart. It wasn't that sweetheart. There
0: is no jail time. He's getting no felony. He literally has to pay a fine and do like drug treatment yeah, program. It, it was
1: it was mild tax evasion stuff. I mean, people make those deals One all the time. One point
0: something billion or million dollars that you have to pay the fine for? Yeah. I seriously. It, to, uh, here's look, the thing. That's like murdering somebody. No, it's hold, not. Hold on. No, hold not. on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Let me give you the equivalent. That's like murdering somebody, but in the course of murdering somebody, you broke a traffic law, and instead of going after you for the murder, they're like, "Well, you pleaded guilty to the traffic law infraction." No, it's not. hang on, it, it, the 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 There's tra- so much look. corruption with what this guy did. Oh, they're tra- oh, hang on, hang yeah. on, no, 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 they're not even
1: talking you're about right. that. You're right, you're right. And if they were charging him with all the actual corruption, yeah, he belongs in jail for that. But what they're charging him with was. Uh, some firearm, mild firearm possession thing. Well, right, he's not even now, being charged with that one. That's a diversion thing, right? But he's that's a felony. Hang he's not getting that. If he was poor and a nobody, and especially if he was a person of color, he'd probably get ten years for that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that is that is true. But in the world that we're talking about, for the rich and powerful, and the people who people like to watch on television, which Hunter Biden is part of that world. That's true. This is not an uncommon plea bargain. Okay. No, that's true, too. So for any rich, white, you know, politically connected kid, okay, this would pretty much be the standard. So, again, on the levels of justice in America... This is pretty close. I mean, it might be a little favorite, but it's it's not but it doesn't what make I would, it right. It doesn't make it right at all. Yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, actually, I think anyone who evades taxes is a hero. So, go Hunter Biden. Now, the bribery
0: shit—you're going down for that, and you belong in an orange jumpsuit along with your dad. And that's the thing, <laughs> right? Like in one aspect. I look at what the Republicans are doing, and I'm like, okay, well, if they were trying to impeach him over the right shit, then that would be great. Yeah. The the, the, the immigration stuff. That's stupid. That's just it's, dumb as shit. Right. Because now... But here's the thing. They're trying to impeach everybody, like Mayorkas, Anthony, Anthony Blinken. That's so great. Like, they're just trying to do all of them, right? Yeah. So they're just wasting all of their fucking time to do all this other stuff. Right. And, and again... I love that Bobert and Green is like having this this fight where you know because Bobert beats Green to the punch and Bobert's only doing it like she's only doing it because she wants to be able to put out an email to make money like as a fundraiser. This is all grift, right? On all of these because they know it's not going to go anywhere. Right? It's all grift, man. Yeah. Like that's all it is. It, it's, yeah. It, and if you're stupid enough. To give these people money that you don't deserve to have the money.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Any of them up there? That's the thing. If, if, you're, if you're donating enough, to any of these people, donating, like, they got
0: to keep the fight going. If you say that to yourself, or even say that publicly, please, you are the equivalent of a flat earther. <laughs>
1: that is true. <laughs> that is true. I would extend that to if you still vote, you're probably not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, I wouldn't go that. Far. I'm going that far. I wouldn't go that. And far. I know that most of you people out there are probably likely voters. But, folks, look. Look what you get on either side. These are your choices. What does it really matter? Big giant douche and a turd sandwich. It's literally no real difference other than the shit, the fucking shit show that is the professional wrestling of American politics, you know? Oh, and it's totally Nothing really wrestling. changes. What's changed in your life, you know?
0: What? No. These nah. people are just... yeah. Right. Well, they're going after drag shows now, so there you go. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. It's th- Here's the it's thing. It's such amazing. a distraction, too. Drag shows have been going on forever, man. Drag shows are as old I as, th- hold on. Drag shows are as old as, like, Shakespeare, man. Like, it, it goes back even further than that.
1: Well, speaking of drag shows, my, my brother actually just uh, uh, sent me a picture uh, this morning of him. I guess it was yesterday uh, from a drag show in New York, or not a drag show, like a parade. Uh, so my brother, who's gay, was actually just in town last weekend. We spent the whole weekend with him. Now on the beach it was a great time, and uh, you know, so he uh, they had a gay uh, pride parade up there, you know, or the type of thing. Yeah, and uh, he uh, the, apparently in that parade they didn't want, and this is interesting, they didn't want the the drag queens. Because they're trying to apparently put out a kinder, gentler image like, hey, look, we're gay, but we're just like you, you know? Yeah. And so they, the drag queens had to have a separate event, okay? And, uh, you know, it's it's so they had their separate event. And my brother, in solidarity, said, well, you know, I don't dress in drag, but I'm going to go through a wig and a dress on and join them, you know? So he did and sent me a photo. And I said, what, are you dressing up as Jerry Garcia? <laughs> That's what he looked like, but the point is, is yeah, it's 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 funny now though that the, I guess you'd say the the straight gays, for lack of a better term, are now kind of disassociating with the drag queens, and it's like, are, are you kidding me? Like this is a thing now, you know? Wasn't it just like a, a few months ago that RuPaul's Drag Show or whatever was like one of the highest rated things on TV? And now all of a sudden, it's like, how does this happen so fast? Like everybody wants
0: to fight everybody. And everybody why does wants to be care? Rec- everybody know? wants to be rec- recreationally uh, outraged yeah. with the stuff. It's 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 very tiring. Yeah, it
1: really is. It really is. It's it's, it's, it's very tiring. Yeah. So uh, let's hit one more uh, quick story. Uh, <laughs> this I just thought this was funny. Uh, L.A. Uh, drug dog sniffs out a vending machine that was actually full of drugs and firearms what <laughs> okay the headline is uh, El- i purposely did not read this one because i wanted to be right, shocked let me read from the story a los angeles police dog is being hailed as a hero after he located a massive cache of narcotics and an assault rifle uh plus some handguns uh that was hidden inside a ven- vending machine the drug bust happened in los angeles Allend- los angeles as part of a ventura county sheriff's office investigation Sheriff's deputies were in L.A. to serve a search warrant at an undisclosed location and requested a canine unit from the L.A. Police Department. Uh, Canine Bosco responded to the scene to assist the investigation, at which point he sniffed out the drugs, which were hitting in a nondescript soda vending machine. Now, my first thought is that in my utopia, there would be vending machines that distributed drugs and firearms. (laughs) Like... I'm thinking, where can I get one of those? (laughs) I want to, I want to, can I invest? (laughs) I want a piece of that action because that right there is like the perfect anarchist solution to a whole bunch of problems that we face on a daily basis <laughs> so anyway i just found it amusing that clearly well that is totally a nondescript vending
0: machine. it really is yeah and cold it, drinks
1: clearly it wasn't actually used to dispense drugs and firearms they were just stashing them in there hiding it was a hiding spot but still it got me thinking how the nice hiding spot though. how great would it be if that were really a thing uh, but all right, guys, we're uh, we're getting close to the end of the show here. Uh, I just wanted no, to... end hour number one. End uh, hour number one. I wanted to let you know that if you would like to join us in hour number two, just go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, become a subscriber, you get a whole bunch of swag, uh, you get a free copy, autograph copy of my book, you get the Anarchist Guild uh, challenge coin, uh, This Is Not a Bomb, Duffel Bag, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And what we're going to be talking about in the second hour, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, uh, specifically... Alex I want to ask you a question how long is your taint I don't know but I'm afraid to answer (laughs) well it's actually we're finding out it's a very important question that could have a major effect on your life tune in in hour number two we'll tell you how